0: the things that make me feel like an asshole and i can assure you there are many there is an abundance a plethora a veritable cornucopia i think i finally found the thing at the top of the list and tell me if this has happened to you guys too jesus i hope it has because if i'm alone in this i swear to god i am so done with myself when i'm driving around and I see every flag flying at half-mast, and I have absolutely no idea why. It makes me feel like such a fucking turd. I should be reading more news. I will be the first one to admit that. Someone, somewhere, probably many someones, experienced an unimaginable loss And I have no idea of the circumstances, because instead of keeping up on current events that actually matter, I'm on the shitter reading about what kind of breed of dog I would be based on the type of socks I wear. The answer that I got, by the way, was a Lhasa Apso, and I object. That survey is fucking bullshit. What's up, Grinches? Grinches. Welcome back to the Atomic Skull Podcast. My name is Matt, and I am your host with the least. And look, for any of you very sweet motherfuckers out there who are rolling your eyes at me for hating myself for Christmas, strap in. Because it will not be getting any fucking better as this episode goes on. My sanity, my self-respect, my mental health, and my will to live are all hanging by a thread right now, but I got jokes. So here you fucking find me back in front of the mic. And I may not be at 100% when it comes to confidence or remotely liking anything about myself. So this episode ain't going to be a quiche by any means, but I'm going to get the eggs on the fucking plate. So right up top, let's address the... Oh, Did you guys watch the Taylor Swift game? I'm not entirely sure of the whole situation, but when I saw it, she was wearing a big fluffy red coat and she looked like what a shot of rumplemints tastes like. She was inside some glass box like she was in a zoo and I think she was cheering on a bunch of chefs. They may have been cooking. I don't know. Maybe it's a Hell's Kitchen thing. The woman is such an institution that she is officially more popular than the entire rest of the NFL combined. For a hot second there, for reasons I don't understand, I had football scores and highlights popping up on my Facebook algorithm. Don't worry. I am just as confused as you guys are. But not anymore. Now all I see are reels of Swizzle getting out of a car and headed to her little display box up there in the stadium and a bunch of pumpkin spice flavored bitches freaking out because she dips her chicken tendies in ranch. Taylor Swift looks like she dips every single thing she eats in ranch except for her salads, which she has with apple cider vinegar. How did I even get on this fucking tangent? Okay, Let's start with the turd in the punch bowl that is just sitting there and cannot be ignored. I took a three-week break from the program, and I want to talk about it a little bit. Not because I assume anyone listening gives two shits about why, but because talking about this is all utterly terrifying to me. I play someone who is an open book on TV— But in reality, I've spent many years concocting dozens of different ways to divert any and all conversation about my actual state of mind and quality of life. When it comes to deflection, I am a motherfucking artiste. I am the Michelangelo of deflection. And I'm not talking about the painter. I'm talking about the turtle. But the truth is, you guys, when... I started this shit show last year. My single biggest fear wasn't failure. Failure is one of the few things I'm fucking good at. I know how to fail. I'm a GD professional. My biggest fear was falling into a deep dish depression and not being able to record. As crazy as it sounds, you guys, that was one of the biggest hurdles preventing me from starting up this whole turkey at all. But for some reason that I still don't understand. I believed in my bullshit so much that I wanted to do it anyway. And I started this whole thing with no plan for what I would do if I fell off the deep end. And don't get me wrong, I've had some rough patches over the last year and change. There have been a few episodes where I literally can't believe I got it done. But that's life, right? Some days are diamonds, and some days are rocks, but we do the best we can. And then, a couple of weeks ago, I shut the fuck down. And on top of all the other sadness salad that was washing over me, I had to face the fear of not being able to do this stupid shit show. And it was every bit as awful as I thought it would be. As it turns out and I'm sure you guys will be just as surprised at this as I was, there's not a hell of a lot of ways to make my existence feeling meaningless funny. Meanwhile, while I can call out of the show, I can't call out of work. I have a wife. And let me tell you, buddy, those things are fucking expensive. But it's hard to feign excitement selling people things to shove up their ass when all I want to do is go home sit in my closet in the dark, and cry myself to sleep. You know what I mean? So every day, my social battery was in the pavement. Every week, I would look at my notes for the next episode and try to conjure up the will to do at least a little something, but I didn't want to just randomly start talking about existential dread. Don't get me wrong. I don't mind at all talking about existential dread, I was just in no place to throw in any shtickle, you know what I mean? And then, of course, like I do, I use that failure as a vehicle to hate myself even more. There is no winning in my brain, none. And eventually, it's going to kill me, but not today. And look, if you're expecting this part of the show right now to be uplifting and for me to start talking about resolve and fortitude, you can just add this to the long ass list of times that I've let you down because I ain't a hell of a lot better right now. I've thought over and over and over again about Irish goodbying myself right out of the show and not doing this anymore. Honestly, I decided that's what I wanted to do a couple of weeks ago. I was and am so low that... I couldn't even fathom the idea of creating or being part of anything I was remotely proud of. But the reason that you're listening to my stupid voice right now, and I'm going to call it the best of the week, is Spotify Wrapped. And more importantly, you guys. When the whole Wrapped thing was released, I started getting DMs and texts and attachments about how this show was in people's top five podcasts, top three podcasts, their number one podcast. I've never fucking been number one in anything, especially right now where I feel like a total number two. You see, guys, that's what we call (laughs) shtickle. I got so many fucking messages from so many people showing me they're wrapped and seeing that beautiful logo over and over again. Even my asshole brain couldn't combat that shining star of positivity that somehow burrowed its way into me. And now, here you find me. Back the fuck at it and giving you whatever the hell this is. I guess I would jokingly refer to it as my best if there is such a thing. I am not trying to kiss your guys' collective asses, I promise, but I am so grateful for getting all of those messages. And I can tell you, with zero hyperbole, they meant absolutely fucking everything to me. And then last week, when I posted that I was going through it, that in itself is hard for me to do. I got even more messages checking in. And you guys, it didn't lift me out of the water. But it kept me from drowning. Thank you to everyone who did that. To everyone who is listening, whenever you're listening, thank you for making it right on time, as always. Wherever it is that we're all headed, I hope you wanna get there with me because I know that I need to get there with you. I actually really love the idea of Spotify wrapped despite every social media story that I saw being the same fucking picture of Taylor Swift, I like the idea of being able to look back a little bit and take stock in who you were throughout the year by way of what you were listening to. I saw a lot of memes and shits about, thank God Pornhub doesn't have a wrapped, but fuck that. I'm not the least bit concerned about Pornhub having a wrapped. Anyone who remotely knows me knows what I would be doing on there. Don't worry, you guys. My mother-in-law listens to this show. I will not be going into any kind of detail on that at all. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, I have to tell you guys that you all owe my cock-blocking mother-in-law, CJ, a massive amount of debt and gratitude because if she didn't listen to this program... There would be so many more gruesome details about my life that you probably don't want to know that I'd be inflicting on your asses anyway. I had a whole bit on deck about the time I sat on one of my balls and had a hard time walking for three days, but I scrapped it because I didn't want CJ to give me a what for about propriety. Next episode, I might give you guys her Venmo so you can send her a little thank you tip, which she will spend on beer. Love you, CJ. You know what kind of yearly wrapped I would want zero part of? A food delivery wrapped. I don't fucking want to know how much I overpaid for food at 11.30 p.m. on a Wednesday because I had just fucking had it throughout the year. Oh my God. You guys, the local donut shop. Eagle-eared listeners with good memories might remember how I have had to go to several different locations of a local donut chain because each place started knowing my name and becoming familiar with my order, and I cannot fucking have that. Can not. But if that place had a wrapped, oh my god. Listen, you piece of shit, this year you ordered seven dozen donuts while crying, you had employees on four different occasions ask you if you were doing okay, and one of them even contemplated not serving you because they were worried about your well-being. I don't need that kind of negativity in my life. I've had enough of it. That does make me think of a gold star question for this week. What thing in your life would you not want to see yearly wrapped statistics for at all costs. Give it a hard think and send me your answers um, in my DMs on every social. uh, At Atomic Skull Podcast, I'm drawing a blank. I'm still a little rusty, a little dusty. Sorry, guys. You can uh, email me, AtomicSkullPodcast at gmail.com. This is the last gold star question of the year. So please Do us a favor and show up for me, you guys. I want to hear, I just told you, a donut shop for me. How awful is that? Whatever you got, it ain't going to be as bad as that. And here I am saying that in front of however many the fuck you are. Have I done the worst of the week yet? I don't think I have. I can't remember. Jesus Christ, I'm a fucking mess. I've actually got two things for worst of the week because I've missed a few and plenty of shit has happened. I'm leading off with the really important one, and that is the passing of Andre Brower. If you don't know who Andre Brower is, you've most certainly seen him in all the things, particularly on TV. He played Detective Frank Pembleton in... Homicide Life on the Streets, which is one of your granddad's favorite shows. He also played the same character on my beloved Law & Order, and a completely different but equally likable character on my also beloved Law & Order SVU. He was Captain Raymond Holt on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He has guest starred on a billion shows that I love. He was on House. He was on Men of a Certain Age. He did voice work on BoJack Horseman. I'm pretty fucking sure. He was one of the few actors who could do drama and comedy equally well, which is hard to do. When he did drama, he played characters that were equally intense and likable. Fucking expert level. And his comedy delivery was drier than a cracker in an old woman's cupboard, which I love. I hope that... Andre and my main man, Richard Belzer, who starred with him on Homicide as Detective Munch, are somewhere amazing right now doing something awesome together and laughing their asses off. I like that dude a lot, man, and I'm really sad to see him go. And the other worst of the week I wanted to talk about is fucking Kid Rock. And I don't want to give him a hell of a lot of air But I can't not talk about this bullshit. So you guys remember the Bud Light boycott that Kid Rock started, complete with a video of him shooting a suitcase of Bud Light for reasons I still don't understand. Coincidentally, by the way, right before the beginning of a tour that he announced a couple days later, right? Y'all remember that? And then he was photographed less than a month later drinking a Bud Light at a club. Well, good news, everybody. Kid Rock has officially ended his boycott of Bud Light, so we can all rest a little bit easier now. The reason that he ended the boycott is because he said that he didn't like the fact that the boycott he spearheaded was responsible for tens of thousands of layoffs at Anheuser-Busch because of the drops in sales. He said working-class people shouldn't lose their jobs over something like that, which is a really great sentiment that maybe he should have thought about before he started the whole fucking thing. Because it isn't like those people just magically get their jobs back. Their lives were changed forever and made light years more difficult because he didn't like that someone who used to have a penis was being sponsored by the brand. I understand being passionate about things and whatnot, but that is such a stupid hill to die on over beer. Okay, you guys, let's Dildo Chronicles, because I've got some good shits on deck. I've been sitting on both of these stories for quite a while, and I have to get them out of my head and into yours. So I want to talk about the two different extremes that I dealt with coming from two completely different dudes at two completely different times. The stories that I'm going to give you took place at least a month apart. But when the second one happened, I couldn't help but think of the first one. So story number one was a younger guy, maybe early to mid-20s, kind of a hard-looking dude. How do I explain it better? He was like a hard-looking dude who tried to give the impression that he could get it. But in reality, he probably hadn't been laid for months. And I'm not judging because everybody goes through a dry spell now and again. But also, this dude was a total fucking asshat. So I don't feel too bad for the hot take. So he brought up a little pocket stroker with some lube for me to ring out. Fine. I take a quick look at both of the items and I ask him if he's going to be using the lube with the stroker. And he instantly jump down my throat with a don't worry about it, like really defensive. I don't want to make people feel uncomfortable in the store, but there was a reason that I was asking him that question. I mentioned to him three separate times during the transaction that all sales were final, and I circled the policy at the bottom of the receipt just to drive the point all the way home. I was really trying to get him to ask me why I was mentioning that so I could explain to him the flaw in his purchase. It didn't occur to me until a little while afterwards that I think maybe the dude thought I was trying to hit on him. And that brings up a whole other kettle of fish for me about how straight men are afraid of gay dudes because they think they will inevitably get hit on. I've never understood that. And this dude... Did not play Captain America in several movies over the course of a decade, so I was certainly not interested, but I didn't push the issue any further than I explained, and I let his stupid asshole face pay me and walk out the door with what he brought up to me. Now, here is why I asked him if he was using the lube with that stroker. Because the lube he brought up to me was numbing lube. And I don't think he realized that numbing lube is great for someone using a toy around the back door for the first time. And they're worried it'll hurt too much. But if he ended up using it with that stroker about 90 seconds in, if he even lasted that long, his dick would go down faster than, you know what, there's not one joke That's in my head right now. That's not going to get me divorced or canceled. So I think I'm going to leave that one hanging right there. And then the other end of the spectrum and Jesus fucking Christ, dude, I'm ringing out this old man and it's just a walk up, right? I hadn't talked to him previously or anything like that. Guy just pimps up to the register and wants to buy a cock ring. No problem. Happens often. I'm not particularly talkative with him, but he goes out of his way to tell me how much he loves the cock ring he's buying. So he wants to buy a second one. I give him some generic words of positivity about it, and the dude takes that occasion and grabs his phone, whips it around, and boom, there is his fucking dick right in my face with the cock ring on it. What the shit? Am I right? He asks me what I think of the pick. My verbatim response, quote, I think it's been a long day and I really want to go home. I try so hard to defend men out here against the women in my life who are always talking about how they're getting sent dick pics left and right. But when even I am having to feel dick pics at work, how do I defend that? For song of the week, you know, I got to give you guys a Christmas song. Originally, when I had mentioned it in the last episode, if you remember, and I hope you don't, I had said I was going to do a song that you would never expect coming from me, which is a bold ass statement considering all the crazy shit that I'm into musically. That idea completely went out the window a couple of weeks back when Shane McGowan from The Pogues died. I'm not going to bend your ear too much about how important he and his band are, but let me put it to you like this. The Pogues are that band that your intoxicated, slightly crazy, slightly weird punk uncle, your punkle, if you will, listens to all the time. For me, they're up there with the Ruts and the UK subs as... One of the bands who made the bands you know and love want to do what they do. Shane was the guy that everyone liked and respected, and him passing was a total pisser. But in a weird way, it couldn't have happened at a better time because one of the best songs that the Pogues have ever done, and definitely my favorite song of theirs, is an accidental Christmas tune that... Look, I've been listening to the world's lamest fucking Christmas tunes for 40 plus hours a week since mid-November. I want to deck the halls with my fucking vomit right now. But this song that I'm going to give you, it's not a campy Christmas tune. It is an incredibly good song that is fantastically Christmas flavored, if that makes sense. It feels like Christmas, but without the cheese, okay? It's... Also, a really wonderful love song, though. His passing at this particular time of year brought this song back in a big way with your friendly neighborhood music nerds. And there was actually a live performance of it. It is Funeral, which I absolutely recommend watching. It was a standing room only, packed full to the brim, big, beautiful Irish church, and nobody was crying. Everyone was singing along with the song. People got up and started dancing together. Truly, truly lovely moment. I literally hope that's how it goes at my funeral after I punch my ticket. If I die and any of you motherfuckers are sad at my funeral, I swear to God, I will haunt the shit out of you for the rest of your lives. If you don't know the song, you'll love it because it is such a fucking blaster. If you love Christmas music, this song is going to give you a whole other side of it, but still make you feel that spirit. And if you don't love Christmas music, this song is for you because it's not the usual shit that you hate. Song of the Week is Fairy Tale of New York by the Pogues, and it is ready for you on the Atomic Skull Podcast Songs of the Week playlist on Spotify. I've been listening to it every day, to and from work. I've fallen in love with it all over again, and I would love to know what you think after you listen to it if you don't know it already. And that's the breaks from me for this week and for the year, you crazies. I am going to be taking a regular schmegular Christmas break for the show, which I know seems ridiculous after already having a couple weeks off, but I do have a few reasons that... I'm taking another break that are slightly less depressing than the previous one. Christmas and New Year's both happen to be on Mondays coming up. And I hate to get super fourth wall on you here, but my analytics have told me that episodes I release on holidays get a little bit less traction. So I'm going to take advantage of that because I have a few things cooking over the last two weeks of the year that... I want to get hatched before I get back to you guys. Whatever each individual one of you celebrates or doesn't celebrate, I hope you find yourself wrapped up in joy like a blanket. Stay warm. Stay cool. Stay awesome. Let's have a strong-ass finish to the year. I know I thank you guys every episode for listening and for keeping me moving, but this time it's a little bit extra from the heart or whatever's left of it. It means everything to me that all of you are here week after week listening to my bullshit, and I am gonna ride with each and every one of you until the fucking wheels fall off. I've still got a hell of a lot to say. I went to a concert a week or so ago that I wanna talk about coming up, and I have a few topic requests from you guys that I wanna get to that I'm really excited about. I am going to be back, count it, on january 8th and i ask you guys to please sit tight and wait for me because if all goes according to plan it is going to be a very big episode and i am going to have some good news and some bad news apologies to my mother-in-law and how are you doing